This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. Are you interested in real estate, but you find yourself priced out of buying anything, whether or not it's a house for your own personal life, or maybe you wanted to be a landlord and you thought about buying an apartment building or maybe a duplex where you live in one and rent out the others, or maybe you were thinking of doing the short-term rental game, you know, on Verbo or Airbnb, that type of thing, but then the mortgage rates went a lot higher, so you didn't do it. Do you still want to be an owner or a landlord? Well, the good news is you can because you can buy a REIT. What is a REIT? And it's R-E-I-T. It's usually all in caps. And a REIT is simply a real estate investment trust. That's what it stands for. And what it is, is it's a company which basically just owns real estate. Now, REITs came into being in the 1960s, apparently, um, when people wanted to buy real estate, but there wasn't a good method for them to do it as an outside investor. So the REIT was created that uh, pays income to the investors based on you know what type of real estate they make and the income that's coming in from that real estate. Now, most REITs are publicly traded like a stock, so you can find them easily on you know New York Stock Exchange or any on Yahoo Finance or on Zacks.com. You can plug in the ticker and you can find the REITs. Now, you can buy a REIT for just about anything out there in real estate. So this is a good thing, right? You can have an interest in certain types of real estate and you can find a REIT that will uh, satisfy you. So what are those areas? You can buy uh, apartment REITs, there's shopping malls, hotels and resorts, cell towers, data centers, self-storage, cannabis facilities laboratories, warehouses, offices, hospitals, and other medical facilities. And I'm sure there's a bunch more that I'm leaving out at the moment, but those are kind of some of the main categories, but you can see how extensive it really is. There's something for everyone in the list of REITs, and you can find one again, that suits your area of interest. And that's what makes it so interesting and fun to own some of these REITs. So the real estate must be income producing in the REIT and 90% of the income has to be paid out to shareholders each year. So it truly is like being a landlord because you're getting you know, up to 90%. And the income that's produced by the REIT, it has to be into real estate or like 75% of it has to be in real estate. There can be some left in cash and like treasuries and other things, but um, you basically are just owning the real estate. Now, most REITs focus on one specific type of real estate. They're not usually across the board, but there are ETFs that buy a basket of the various REITs. So that's how you can get exposure to all of the areas I just mentioned in one ticker. 
But today I want to focus on the REITs themselves, the companies themselves and the type of real estate they own to see if there's any deals out there, if anything is cheap right now, and if I can get a decent dividend, a decent yield back. Um, And it all depends on what you view as decent, right? Uh, Especially with the treasuries where they are now and money market funds paying as high as they are. That puts a bit of a damper on the REITs. So that's why I decided to take a look because some of them might have sold off and maybe I can get you know, in there pretty cheap. I can get a higher dividend and um, you know, I'm always looking for opportunities. So when the uh, rates rise, the REITs tend to go the other direction because it's also more expensive for them to borrow and to, you know, Uh, add and grow onto their real estate portfolios. And in addition, it creates a competition for that yield with uh, these other things I just mentioned, like money markets and bonds. So um, yeah, it's a little rough out there for the REITs. But how do I find the REITs? I can't just be like, you know, tell me the best REITs to buy. <laughs> we could try that in chat GPT. I wonder what it would give. I didn't try it. But it, again, all depends on what you mean by best and what you're looking for. What area do you want to be in? What kind of dividend yield do you want? And how cheap do you want to get it if you can get it cheap? So I started my search for REITs by looking at the holdings in some of the top REIT ETFs, right? That's always the easy way to do. If you want to buy some cannabis stocks, but you have no idea how to screen for that, um, then you can look at a cannabis ETF and look at the top holdings and kind of see what's in there. And that'll give you ideas. And then you can run with that and start there. So that's what I did for the REITs here. I looked at the top 10 on some REIT ETFs, gave me a list to start with, and then I was off and running. Now, I was interested before I started this uh, you know, research on this podcast, I was interested in owning data centers. We've been talking a lot about the data centers. Um, a couple months ago, I would have thought, oh, that's so boring. Who cares about the data centers? <laughs> They're just uh, kind of built built out there. There's not much to them. They, they have the data in there. (laughs) Um, you know, they're air conditioned. That's about it. But now with AI exploding, I'm much more interested in who owns the data centers, who's building the data centers, who's cooling the data centers, anything who's providing the chips for the data centers, anything with the data centers, because I feel like we're in the beginning stages of a multi-year boom in the data centers because AI uses a ton of data. It just does. And that means more data centers. So we're already seeing it with a lot of the companies. I've done podcasts on this before. And now I wanted to take a look at some of the, uh, you know, REITs that own the data centers to see what's going on there. So the one I picked is one of the largest of the data center REITs and among all REITs, really. And it's Equinix. Equinix, is that how you pronounce it? It's E as in Edward, Q-I-X is the ticker. And it has a market cap of $70.8 billion, so you can see how big it is. It describes itself as the world's digital infrastructure company. 
So that's a smart tag that they've got. Um, right now, the stock is trading at a high valuation, not, uh, well, PE is a little elevated, but uh, price. So it's trading at $763.94. I know many of you don't like buying stocks that are you know that expensive on a per share basis, because it does kind of, it is kind of a drag, right? You might buy like three shares, maybe you buy one share even, I've done that. Um, so that's kind of a drag, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that it's expensive on valuation. But as I just mentioned, it is a little elevated. It's PE is 23.7, but it's peg ratio is just 1.6. So that's not too shabby. Year to date, these shares are up 16.6%. That's beating the S&P by only a little bit, which is up around 16% right now. Um, and I'm recording this on September 20th, 2023. So I took a quick look at it, just what it reported in the second quarter. Revenue was up 11%. And why was it up? On strong demand due to AI. Of course. Of course it is. Um, it has 53 major projects underway across 40 metros in 24 countries. So you can see the demand for the data centers is very strong. It does pay the dividend, but it's yielding only 1.8%. So that's pretty low for those of us who are wanting to get a REIT to get that yield that's well below what I can get in a money market, which is safe money, right? It's not going to go up or down. It's just going to pay me out that yield. But this REIT, Equinix, is up 16.6% year-to-date. So that's pretty impressive. And that's probably on the momentum for the data centers, obviously, which we have all been talking about. So that makes sense. But... Um, if you want the data centers, you're going to have to pay up a little bit more for it, but you still do get a dividend and that's kind of key too. So you get some growth with the dividend yield here and that's Equinix, ticker EQIX. And then I wanted to switch over to uh, public storage, like the self-storage area, because I've always fascinated by how much that has been growing and whether or not I can make you know, a decent income off of just owning some of those self-storage facilities. The big kahuna in that space is public storage, ticker P as in Paul, S as in Sam, A as in Andrew, PSA. Year-to-date, these shares are down 2.7%. It does have a market cap of $48 billion, So as I mentioned, it is one of the big guys in public storage and in all of REITs, actually. Um, it's trading like Equinix at like a high price point right now at $272 approximately. But its PE is a bit lower at 16.1 times, but its peg is higher at 3.4. It did just spend $2.2 billion to acquire Simply Self Storage, which has 127 properties in 18 states. 65% of those properties are in the high growth Sunbelt area. That's the area where everybody's moving in the United States. And so when you move and you buy a house down there, you might have to get at some extra storage, right? Not a lot of basements, I feel, down in the Sun Belt. It's just kind of not, the ground doesn't allow for that. So you can't fit everything in your garage. You got to put it into storage somewhere. So this is a good acquisition, I feel. But 
you'll have to tune into the conference calls to see how accretive it is going to be to earnings. Now, what's the dividend? It is a nicer dividend with public storage. It's yielding 4.5% right now. That's pretty juicy. But again, the shares are down 2.7% year to date. So they are getting a bit cheaper here as the yields go up. So there is uh, some weakness on the shares, though but you are getting paid that nicer dividends. So that's public storage, ticker PSA. Then I did look at shopping malls. Everybody's been talking about the death of the shopping malls for forever, but the big kahuna there is Simon Property Group, ticker SPG. S is in Sam, P is in Paul, G is in George. And this is also another biggie, market cap of $43 billion. They do do the premier shopping experiences types of malls in North America, Europe, and Asia. So you are um, paying up a bit to get Simon Property. For some reason, I didn't write down the PE on this one. Um, sorry about that. I did not look it up, but it's been cheap for a while. Year to date, it's down 2.3%, but over the last five years, it's now down 37%. Now, that five-year period includes the pandemic and the shopping mall stocks and these REITs really got hammered in the pandemic. They have rebounded and come back off those lows and they're resuming paying a dividend for the ones that halted it. Most of them did halt it, but... Um, Still, it's been rough going because everybody believes the shopping malls are going to be dead, but not all of them, including the premier ones. If I had to buy one, I'm buying the best ones with the movie theaters, the uh, mini golf uh, you know, component, the bowling alleys, the farmer's market, you know, maybe some apartments overhead. Um, I don't know if they own the apartment ones, but that's what I want to own, these premier shopping experiences. Now, this does have a dividend, and it is yielding a very nice dividend right here at 6.7%. It's trading with a little bit higher price as well of 114 dollars approximately right now, but you are getting that big dividend yield and that's what you're looking for. If you want to be a landlord, you want to get that dividend. So that's Simon Property Group, ticker SPG. Um, okay. Then I wanted to look at hotels because we all love them and it is one of my favorite areas. And the one I picked was also one of the bigger ones in the hotel space, Park Hotels and Resorts, ticker P as in Paul, K as in Kitty, PK, and it's just a two letters. And it was spun off a number of years ago from Hilton, so it has a lot of Hilton hotels. and has 41 hotels and resorts right now, market cap of 2.7 billion. So it's on the smaller side compared to these other ones I was just talking about, but it's fairly sizable for a hotel type of REIT. And this one, price point is much lower. It's trading around $12.50 right now. Um, and this one is a lot cheaper. PE of just 6.5, PEG of 0.8. And year-to-date, up 6.5%. But the two years, it is actually down about 35% now. So it's been a wild ride with a lot of these hotel REITs as well. Most of them definitely suspended their dividends during the 
main part of COVID, but have resumed now. This one it has resumed dividend of 4.7%. So that's a pretty nice dividend. Um, I took a quick look at the second quarter and RevPAR increased in their urban hotels, which they have a lot of exposure to. So Chicago and D.C. hotels up 23% year over year. But the big winner was the New York Midtown Hilton or Hilton Midtown, I guess is his name, up 26% year over year in RevPAR, which is a key hotel uh, component. Earnings expected to be up 26% in 2023. That's a nice gain up to $1.94 from $1.54. But keeping it around the same for 2024, we'll see what happens in 2024 with travel at about $1.92 there for 2024. But they did say in the second quarter that forward bookings continue to increase. So they are seeing a lot of event type of things like weddings and whatnot, as well as just the traveler, the leisure traveler is continues to, to be leisurely. <laughs> and some of the business travel has also returned. But what if you didn't want a REIT here and you didn't want the structure of the REIT? You don't care that much about the dividend. There are some hotel stocks you can buy that are not the REITs. So um, I took a look at one of those. One of my favorites, just mainly because I like to go to this area of the world, is the Playa Hotels and Resorts, ticker PLYA. And it's in the Caribbean and uh, Mexico. So Jamaica, Dominican Republic, and Mexico are the three countries. And they own 26 resorts. They do the resorts for Hyatt's, the Hilton. They have the Jewel brand and the Wyndham. It's all inclusives now because Hyatt and Hilton including Wyndham, have all been really entering the all-inclusive market. Playa has always had the long history of managing the all-inclusives in this part of the world. So they continue to do that for Hyatt and Hilton. They do some adults only, but they have a lot of family resorts as well. And their real issue has been Jamaica. It did not open from COVID until uh, the second quarter of 2022 is when it reopened to allow in outside travelers. So uh, they've had a big rebound and recovery in Jamaica and in those hotels there. In the second quarter of this year, 2023, they had record occupancy in Jamaica and so um, that was huge. So it's not even just, oh, Jamaica's now open. It's that travelers really want to go there. <laughs> Maybe they're a little bit, uh, you know, over going to Mexico, which never closed during the uh, pandemic, like a lot of the Caribbean islands did. So a lot of people have been going to Mexico during COVID and now are trying other locations, most likely, because we have seen somewhat of a slowdown a bit in Mexico, especially the Riviera Maya, where Playa does own a bunch of hotels, but they're also in the other big hotel zones in Mexico as well. So it's not just there. But um, I took a look at them the Mexican pesos has been strengthening, so that was a drag on the second quarter for them. But otherwise, uh, things were looking pretty good with RevPAR increasing for them as well year over year. And they uh, repurchased 3.7 million shares because because they said they consider their stock to still be a deal here. And they spent 34.2 million in the quarter doing that. 
they still had 268.8 million in cash at the end of that quarter, but they now have 1.094 billion in debt. It's not due until 2029. The rates on it are pretty low. Um, so they, a lot of these companies did have to take on extra debt, tap the revolving credit lines to survive during the pandemic. And so that added a bit to the debt load, something to keep in mind with the hotels, especially. Um, year to date, these shares are up 12.6%, but they had been up as much as 40%. So they have come down recent weeks. Two years, they're up just 1.9. So they... They got a big boost off of their COVID lows a couple of years ago and now um, haven't really been doing all that much recently. So a stock like this, it's vital to get it on some kind of big sell-off so you can get it even cheaper. It has a PE of 16.1 and a PEG of 4.7. Earnings are expected to be down 10% this year to 45 cents from 50 cents last year but expected to still be about 45 cents in 2024. So some of that, again, has to do with the strength in the Mexican pesos, which is uh, impacting earnings there as well. So it's not necessarily the business model, but that peg is not low. So um, basically most of the good news has already kind of been priced in. That's why I say with some of the stocks, you have to wait and get them on some kind of bigger market sell-off and get them a lot cheaper. This one is under $10. It trades at $7.31. But again, no dividend with this one, but they are doing that share repurchase. I also just quickly, briefly looked at Airbnb, ticker ABNB, uh, to see, you know, maybe could I get a deal there? I don't own the real estate if I own Airbnb, but I own all the people who do own the real estate paying me uh, some money to be on the platform. That's what they that's what they get. They they get paid to have a stable platform and the back end all handled for a lot of the um, short term rentals. So that's where their money's coming from. But Shares are still elevated year-to-date, up 65%, although over two years, they're down almost 20%, but they have had a big rally this year. PE is at 38 times, so not cheap on a PE basis. PEG looks a little more attractive because they are growing those earnings, but the PEG's at 1.9, but that's not really cheap enough yet for me. I would need another big sell-off in this stock to, to consider it as like part of a real estate empire, even though what I really own is just a website, basically. Um, it's trading at $141 or around there. So, um, you know, you're going to have to pay up a little bit on the price there. Um, so that's all I was going to cover in this podcast, even though there's a lot more areas you could look at. Like I mentioned, we didn't cover um, apartments at all. And I didn't cover, you know, like things like cell towers or the warehouses or these other things. You really have to investigate, know what's going on in that particular niche of real estate to know, um, you know, you, you probably don't want to be in the office space right now, given everything that's happening with work from home and the downtown office space struggling. But maybe there's a REIT out there that is in an office area that isn't struggling as quite as much, that has seen a return 
um, that's a little bit hotter that that could be. So you're going to have to look around out there again if you want to find some of these ideas. Take a look at some of the ETFs and what those holdings are, and then you can go from there depending on whatever niche. And you could even just Google things like, you know, apartment REIT ETF and see if there is one and then look and see what are the big apartment REITs in that ETF and do any of those look interesting. And the apartments, remember, you probably will find REITs that are in certain geographic areas. So like with public storage where they're adding, uh, you know, a company to their arsenal where they're in the Sun Belt. You know, you also want to be buying apartment REITs in areas where people are moving to, obviously, and where you can get premium rents on your apartments. So keep that in mind. But a lot of people are worried about an overbuilding in certain cities like uh, Charlotte, Austin, some of those that may be, um, you know, seeing possible rent cuts and higher vacancies as a result of overbuilding, but we'll see, right? I never really believe them when they say we're going to overbuild an area, but that could have been happening the last couple of years. But REITs, it's an interesting addition to a portfolio. Usually you're buying it to get the dividend, but in this case, um, you can get yields that are higher even in a money market fund. So it is competition for REITs. Some of these may sell off, uh, may get cheaper just based on what the treasury yields are doing because there's options elsewhere. So keep that in mind. And as value investors, we like to get things cheaper. So you might want to build a watch list with some of these and just kind of wait and see if you can get them on a slide of some sort and get them a lot cheaper with that higher yield then it might be um, you know, worth your time. So let me recap the stock tickers and the REITs that we talked about today. So there was Equinix, which is the data center ETF. Am I even saying that right? Equinix, Equinix, I think so. Um, <laughs> they always got to be these complicated names, right? Um, it's E-Q-I-X is the ticker. Just remember the ticker. Who cares about the name, right? Public storage, P. S-A, Simon Property Group, the shopping mall, SPG, uh, Park Hotels and Resorts, that's the Hilton uh, Hotel REIT, PK. Then I briefly uh, talked about Airbnb, ABNB, and Playa Hotels and Resorts. It's not a REIT, so you don't get a dividend um, and it's not paying one, but it is doing share repurchase and it's PLYA. So as always, I tend to try to bring you as many value stocks as I can every week. There is value out there, as we saw, even with some of these REITs trading with single digit PEs and low peg ratios. So I'll be bringing them to you every week here on Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music. We are on YouTube. Go to Zach's Podcasts on YouTube and you can find all of our podcasts there. But be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks.
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.